This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and we're subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Well, one thing to note is that this week that's coming out is the two-year anniversary of COVID and the first shutdowns. Yes, it is, which is shocking to me. And I know that because I got pregnant with Aiden on March 17th. You found out you were pregnant with him? No. Like, that was the beginning of my cycle. Gotcha. So I didn't, like, get pregnant with him, but I I remember the date because when you say your last first, the first day of your last period, like you always have to say the same thing. And I know that was the first day of COVID. So the first day of COVID, my first day sent home was Wednesday, March 17th. Um, I, uh, the end of my first trimester coincided perfectly with us going into lockdown. So March 17th, I believe was a Monday. Um, and that was the first day that we were required to be at home or like they sent us home. So um, so for both of us, you, because that was when you you know, got pregnant and me, that was when I was t- starting to tell people that I was pregnant, um, that kind of coincided, our pregnancies kind of coincided with, with coronavirus lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like, I, I remember being terrified, obviously, like it was a really scary time. I mean, all, everyone listening has been going through that same trauma, you know, of, of two years of terror for lack of a better word. Um, but I remember just like, I remember one of the feelings that I had was just being so with so much uncertainty in the world. Like I remember being really grateful that I had this really certain thing to look forward to in September that I was going to have this baby. Like people were getting their weddings canceled and like vacations were canceled. And like, that was back when we cared about that kind of thing, which we clearly don't now, but you know, that was all really sad and I felt bad for them. And for me, I was just like, there's so much shit in the world. Like I was furloughed. Like there was just a lot. It was really uncertain. And I was like, but I'm pregnant. Like I'm growing this baby and he's going to be born regardless of whether there's a pandemic or not. And that was like so exciting for me. That's so funny because I could not have had a more different perspective if I tried. <laughs> because you were so confident. <laughs> I don't know why, but you were so confident. And I remember thinking, oh, well, it's good that I'm pregnant now because everyone, no one can do anything. And I wouldn't want to be like, not able to do anything and everyone else doing fun things and I have to like sit out but everyone's doing nothing mm-hmm. so like I felt really good about lying on the couch but I think also there was so much uncertainty and so much death in the world I mean I was convinced that Aiden was gonna be miscarried 100% like I remember those first that first month those first couple months it was like just felt like everything was falling apart so I yeah. just kind of assumed as much and I mean I think it's hard to even remember now but like back then there was so much uncertainty about how coronavirus affected fetuses too. So I remember being, I do remember being really, really, really scared about either miscarrying or stillbirth or um, 
like having the baby be born. And if I had had coronavirus at some point, like having something be wrong with him, like birth defects, like there just was, there was really no data on how this affected babies. And so that, that was really scary to me, but I did feel like that was a little bit within my control because we did not leave our house. We literally did not leave our house. Um, We were just extremely cautious and careful and saw no one. For how long? So let's see. So March 17th was, was when it all started. Um, the first time we saw people was, um, well, I saw my friend Leah from across the street one time <laughs> and, uh, I would go for walks around the neighborhood, but like very, like at weird times so that I wasn't running into people. But then like, as far as like seeing my family, my family came the weekend of July 4th, we made them quarantine for two weeks. Um, and so they saw me pregnant just that one time. Um, I was like seven months pregnant and the following week, uh, Kaylee's family came, uh, for the day. And we also made them quarantine, um, for two weeks. And then like the only other time we saw anybody, my mom came a week before Quinn was born and, um, she helped me like cook stuff, but that was it. So like my family saw me pregnant exactly one time. No, we were the same. We saw my sister. We drove from St. Louis to Maryland, like near kind of like near Baltimore. We drove 13 hours. So we wouldn't, fly so we could yeah. see my sister for july 4th um and my brother was there too and i just remember we went to the beach with them and this was like before we knew how it all worked and i, there were, I was like there's too many people we need to go i just feel like there's too many people here but that's all like beside the point because like okay everyone had those experiences with covid so like let's put that aside the beginning yeah. for me i would say that having Aiden die during COVID was a blessing in disguise. And I can think of a bunch of reasons why. Number one, well, a bunch of reasons, but also some, some, let's talk about the positive and negatives. The positives, I would say the greatest positive is that I wore a mask everywhere. And so the fact that I was crying was just like less obvious. Like I can think of so many times. Yeah, that's so true. I I didn't even think about that one. I can think of so many times where I just had snot dripping down my mask and like in my face. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like I had more privacy. Yes. Like not everyone saw me crying all the time. And also I didn't go out a lot. So I had a lot of privacy in that way too. And no one else was going out either. So I didn't feel like so different in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. I think other things that were positive is that we didn't have to do a full shiva. Like, I think if this had been another time, it just would have been accepted. I mean, it would have been like assumed that there would have been like a shiva and everyone would come and there'd be all those people. And um, because of COVID, we were able to say like, no, we want to not do that. We yeah. Want, like, I mean, 100% time. on that note, like I'll say, cause I'm not Jewish. So we didn't have Shiva as part of our tradition, but I did, I actually am extremely grateful that we did not have to have like an actual in-person memorial or funeral service for Quinn that we just did a zoom memorial. I think that that felt really good to me. Like nobody wants to have a funeral or a whatever for their baby. Like I don't miss that experience at all. I think the way that we did it was the way we were going to do it. And, and it was perfectly adequate for me for what I wanted to do. And so I'm very grateful that that was a thing. Cause obviously if he had died before all of this, we would have had a funeral, you know, yeah. and that would have been a whole other thing. Um, okay. You know what else I really liked about it? And I think that this is something specific to those of us who participate in communal life. I think that there was just a lot less, communal life activities to participate in Mm -hmm. 
which just made it easier. You weren't having to go to school every week and see all the other families with their living baby. I wasn't having to. And everybody, like, everybody was doing weird and different things. Like, no one was, you know, it wasn't like everyone expected. Everybody was doing what was right for them. Everyone was putting their personal needs first Mm -hmm. and, like, their personal safety first. And I think that that is a new thing that, wasn't in the case in two years ago you know what I mean like now people could say like I don't feel comfortable going to that like my family yeah. doesn't feel comfortable going to that I don't think before you could say that yeah that's new I hope it stays because I like it I definitely think for introverts it probably is a big relief to be able to say oh, that it's such a relief I can tell you that for sure yeah I think like it really just got the world used to families and individuals putting up personal boundaries about their comfort levels in a way that wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, the, the, probably the biggest positive for me is that my job was work from home. Yeah. Um, so I, I now have to be back in the office currently. Um, but I, for a year, a full year after the loss, I was able to Uh, work remotely. And that was huge for me. I mean, huge. If I needed to take five minutes to just sit at my desk and cry, like I was able to work and cry. I was also able to go lie down for 10 minutes in my own bed. Um, I didn't have to interact with coworkers all the time, like outside of, you know, specific couple of hours a day in meetings. Um, that was absolutely huge. And I can tell you like the last couple of weeks since I've been back in the office, I don't know how people do it. You don't know how people grieved in public. Yes. With people watching. Like it's hard enough a year plus out from the loss to be a griever and in public. I cannot imagine having to go back to the office like two weeks after your baby died. Like I I cannot imagine it. Uh, What a privilege it has been to be able to be at home. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, there are some people that can't though, COVID or not. Yeah. And I wonder totally. how they they do it. I wonder how they do it. Well, we'll find out because we have an upcoming episode about that. Yeah, we do. So we'll find out more about it. I would say some negative things about working, about grieving during COVID. I think you are more isolated, like even more isolated than normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that maybe there were some friends that you wish would have come over or you would have found comfort in them coming over. Uh huh. I think you might be covering the mic with your arm because you sound muffled. No, no. The mic is over here. Oh, the mic is over here? Yeah. Oh. Oh my God, Alina. I'm so tired. <laughs> you know, I've been having these weird nightmares. Ooh. Weird, vivid, vivid nightmares. That's not fun. No, about random things too. Anyway, okay, I'm here. Okay, yeah, I think there probably were some friends that would have been able to bring you comfort and you weren't able to receive comfort from them in that way. I think also, I think also like in terms of, um, for me at least, I was looking to volunteer immediately after Eden died. Everyone went back to work and I did not want to go back to work. So I was looking for volunteer opportunities and there just really weren't things to do. Yeah. There was like literally no options available yep. to me. There was nothing to 
distract yourself with because you're nothing. just trapped in your house. <laughs> there was nothing. I looked at everything. It was like, okay, my options were I could pack boxes of food at like um, those food distribution centers or <laughs> nothing. Like, or I had to find it myself. Like I ended up going to a lot of farms because they were outdoors and they were open because I guess farms like must continue because um, they've got animals there or they've got plants that need tending to. But it was really like, I remember we spent days trying to find something for me to do. And I think that was, that was really hard. I think there was probably a time when if you needed a volunteer opportunity, you had options. What's another thing? Um, so for me, the worst thing about losing a baby during COVID is that most people I know never met him. Oh, yeah. Wait, that doesn't count. Yes, it does. It absolutely counts. Of course it counts. Okay, it but was, that's but that. Okay, okay, fine, it that, counts. Well, then I agree. That, that was the worst part. That's the worst part. But Alina... And, you're lucky because your siblings and your parents and your in-laws all met your baby. And I guess. None of my siblings is that lucky? My, That's normal. <laughs> yeah, my siblings, my siblings didn't meet my baby. My yeah. in-laws never met my baby. The only people that met my baby were my parents, just because we happened to be in LA. And that was all because that was because of COVID. Like we wouldn't have been in LA if if because of COVID, well, but yeah, yeah but no if it, there hadn't been COVID, everybody would have come to see the baby. Would have come. Yeah, to see. that's true. But so that the thing is, horrific. like, none of my friends got to meet him. My friend Audrey met him from six feet away for twenty minutes one time. My friend Leah met him from six feet away, also for like you know twenty minutes. I think she may have seen him seen him from six feet away, masked twice. Um, and other than that, nobody, none of our friends met him. None of our like extended family met him. Um, our families probably saw him less than they would have because we required them to isolate for two weeks um, before they would come. And obviously with people, they have lives. Like that's challenging. They can't always do that. Um, and like, I just remember I, I met my friend Julia's baby um, this past June. I guess I met her in July. Um, and so my friend Audrey and I went up to go meet um, the baby and truly that weekend was so beautiful and I so enjoyed holding her and, and just being around her because COVID was, you know, doing okay then. But the hardest part by far was watching my friend Audrey hold Julia's baby because Audrey never got to hold Quinn. That was like just yeah. really just painful. And like, I think so much bonding happens with a child when you're holding them. I mean, obviously, of course it does. Never mind. I mean, holding them is one thing like, I just think they didn't even get to see him. So yeah, the it sparkle. Like he almost didn't exist. Yeah. It's like, if you never got to see him, uh, then never mind the sparkle of the person, but it just almost feels like they didn't even count in the world. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. it feels like that. And it just feels like my burden of having mm -hmm. to establish his place in this world yeah. is heavier yeah. because so few people got to meet him and see him. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. And that is particularly cool about it being a baby that died right. in COVID. Losing a baby is so cruel because um, they don't have the opportunity to really impact yeah. beyond the immediate family. And if the immediate family doesn't even meet them, like, yeah, it, yeah, 
It's really painful. And I, I hold on to pieces of that and I find it really traumatic. Yeah. And I think that this time, I know I've spoken about this before, but this time I've pretty much made every single person in my family like sign a contract that they will meet the baby. <laughs> You're like, this baby's going to get born and then you guys better drive your asses right to this and baby. People, like people have said to me, like, Judith, like, what, why does it have to be immediately after? Like, will come and I say you said that last time mm-hmm. yeah you say that last time and I don't I don't have faith enough yeah in the universe you know so that kind of trauma sticks with you yeah um absolutely does I I so one of the things that when he was alive I loved was that he was a pandemic baby you know like one of the pandemic babies and now that he has died, I uh, I can recognize that like that cohort of babies, the pandemic babies are going to be like, can you just imagine you have five years? Oh, pandemic babies are going to kindergarten. Can you yeah. believe it? Pandemic babies yeah. are going to college. Can you believe it? Yeah. And I kind of think of it like, I think it's going to be like a similar set of babies to like, you know, the 9-11 babies, like the babies who were yeah. born that year or like, oh, I wasn't old yeah. enough to remember 9-11. Like, and so I know, obviously, like, it'll be painful that my son died forever and there will always be reminders of him, but that's just an extra reminder is that he should be a pandemic baby going to kindergarten and he won't be. You're right. And people are going to be talking about them and they're going to be following them and we're not going to have our babies. Yeah. Yeah. To talk, you know, to follow. You're totally right about that. And I've seen those things like on TikTok where it's like, you won't believe these pandemic babies or whatever uh-huh, it is. Uh-huh. And it's like, really? I mean, yeah, I guess I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've gosh. seen those a lot. I also liked being pregnant in the pandemic. I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> I liked being that. pregnant in the pandemic because it, it, it was, it was a positive experience for me. And, um, I'm just sad. I'm just sad with the way the story ended. Like, yeah, me too. I wish that I wish that it had a different story. Yeah. Obviously that feels like a stupid thing. To say, it's just obviously. like he, Quinn was the bright spot of the pandemic for my whole family. And then now yeah. he's just, now he's just another bad thing about the last two. I mean, yes. he, he oh is not. God. I'm so glad you said that. I think that his death added to the feeling of powerlessness, of out of control, of the universe is falling apart. Like, I think I'm walking out of this pandemic with significantly more trauma than the average person. Obviously, because my son died. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, I think part of what allows us to be happy people in the world is the confidence that things will be okay. Yes. And I think the pandemic already shook that confidence. Mm -hmm. But if you have in that time of chaos I had even more chaos yeah I think it's really hard to come back from that and have any confidence in the universe that things are going to be okay yeah I mean I I'm now going back to work and all of us are kind of like thrown into going back into the office um full five days a week which is just just crazy with no like whatever and everybody is commenting like so there's like two cohorts of people in the office there's people who want to be there and there's people who don't want to be there. And some people are so excited to be back and they just look so normal. And then there's some of us who I can tell like are traumatized from the last two mm-hmm. years. And, and it's just like, it just feels like I'm just a different type of person because I, I have experienced 
like the last two years have changed me irreparably. And I, I'm shocked to see that there are people who haven't had that because obviously like mine is worse, but like even just other people throughout the last two years, like some of us were really touched, like hurt by the last two years. And it just, it doesn't feel good to be in the presence of people who weren't. Right. I wonder if Aiden hadn't died, if I would have been some, where I would have fallen on that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely thing- think I walked out of this pandemic a completely different person. Yeah, me too. Like 100 million percent. We're talking about it as though the pandemic is over. It's not. <laughs> well, the CDC says it's not, but I, I think that like at this point, most people have been encouraged to go back to the office, right? Mm-hmm. Google, yeah. I mean, Google says that. Yeah. And I trust that Google is making decisions with information. I, hope. I would hope. I, hope. <laughs> I would hope. Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, One thing that I think has made, I guess in some ways it's sad and in some ways it's good. It's like a plus and a minus. Um, Quinn basically did not live anywhere but my house. So like I don't have like memories of him going to like the grocery store. Like there are fewer places that are places where I see a ghost. Okay, that's interesting because Aiden definitely left the house a lot more because we were in sunny Los Angeles. So I see there were ghosts everywhere. On the flip side... It was really nice that my husband was able to be home the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, that's a positive that my husband was able to be home and not at the office and he was able to be helpful, but it did go out of the house a lot. And we went on like trips and we went hiking and there are more ghosts, but you know what, Alina, even if there aren't ghosts in more places, there are a lot of ghosts in the house. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and there's ghosts, even if he never went places you know like he should yeah. be places that he's just not or you were pregnant or you were pregnant during the pandemic I was too. pregnant yeah during the pandemic. yeah yeah I don't know I mean I think I, I hope that this episode doesn't come off like us saying anything about our situation like I feel like you lose a baby it's terrible <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't think this yeah. I think this is just talking about some of the unique circumstances of losing yes. a baby during COVID Which, and not that okay, it's better or worse inherently just that it's different another thing to add is like support groups mm-hmm. like I I don't I think it was easier to participate in support groups because they I was able to like find one because I could go to anyone because of Zoom. But on the other hand, I don't think I got as much support out of the support groups because they were on Zoom. Yeah, that's true. You really found a lot of support in support group. I did. And and so Empty Arms is in Western Massachusetts. So it's possible that I would have uh, driven to do that, but that I can't imagine that I would be quite as involved as I am um, Yeah, with it being so far away. So I guess that is good. Um, if you guys, if you guys have not listened to the episode, um, that we did with Carol of empty arms, you should listen to that episode, but we, um, you know, I know she feels like there are some pluses and some minuses to, to running support groups on zoom. So they are hoping to get some back in person, but there's also, yeah, like I said, some pluses too. So. I, yeah, I wonder if I would like support group more in person because I do not like support group. And you know, I just went to a new support group and remember I called you after and I was like, Lena. Yeah. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. Not doing that again. Yeah. So I guess to sum up, positives are, you know, space, time, forgiveness for being, you know, out of it. 
negatives, isolation, and which I would argue people who hadn't lost children would argue are the same positives of COVID. Yeah, probably. And I would say the <laughs> negatives people would probably say are the same. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, can you even believe it, guys, that it's been two years? It kind of blows my mind. Um, I feel like we're in a little bit of a, I've been feeling like a little bit calmer about the pandemic, and I hope that that this keeps going, but obviously we'll be, you know, we take it very seriously. So The whole thing feels like it never happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. The whole two years feels I, like it never I feel like the last two years, like I blinked and they are over. Right. Like I, I know I went into lockdown 12 weeks pregnant. And then I'm like, like, I look exactly the same as I did when I went into the pandemic. Like my body looks exactly the same. Like I went to the office, like I left the office 12 weeks pregnant. So I wasn't really showing, you know, and then I like went back to the office two years later and like, I don't look like I had a baby. Like there's just yeah. like, like, I think there's just no recognition. Like I just, I just feel like to the outside, I look the same. And on the inside, I am, could not be more different. It's just crazy. Yes. Yes. What a wild ride. What a wild ride it's been. Yeah. And I disappeared from a lot of people's lives in the past two years. So I think that's also something to think about. Like I think COVID, people probably feel like I got swallowed up by COVID because I just completely disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we hope you guys are, I don't know. What do we hope? Having a gentle pandemic? I would, I would, I would want to hear from our listeners on this topic. Yeah, me too. Some pluses and some minuses about what it's been like to lose somebody during COVID or just, you know, in general, um, especially because most of our listeners have lost babies. Alina, you know what else I think is something to talk about when it comes to COVID is that a lot of people are in some ways grieving something in COVID. So a lot of people, I think, are more familiar with the feelings of grief, whether they're yeah. grieving the loss of a wedding, which I'm not comparing loss of my child to loss <laughs> yeah. of a wedding. I just need to clarify that. But I'm just saying people are familiar with loss in a way that they weren't before. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that people are familiar with some of the feelings of dystopia. Of, I, I, I do think that maybe the world is, in a sen- is not sensitive to grief, but maybe they understand it a little more. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. You think that's true? I think, I think it might be true. Yeah. Maybe we want to hear from our listeners on this. So I'll put some question boxes in our stories when we post this episode. I mean, a million people died in America of COVID. Yeah. A million people. Think about that. That's a million people who have mothers. That's a million new lost moms. A million, except for a bunch of the people that passed away were quite elderly. So their moms are probably yeah. not alive. But yeah, a million, yeah. you know, a million, a million people's people. families are also missing somebody yeah yeah huge number in addition to all the other people who lost people for various other reasons besides COVID I read somewhere that at any given time two percent of the American population is grieving wow why are we so bad at it then so ridiculous that's the thing like that's what's so crazy like we're still bad at it we have a million new grievers and we're still so bad at it we're terrible yeah okay well those are our thoughts on COVID. What a wild time it's been. It's been a wild ride. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at aslongasimlivingpodcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grooving brains allow. Yay!